Welcome to the Battle Cry Podcast with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. You can watch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Convention of States Facebook and Rumble channels. Good evening, I guess it is, everyone, and welcome to the Battle Cry. My name is Mark Meckler. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm actually rolling up my sleeves because we've got a lot to get to today. I know you guys are used to seeing me in t-shirts and baseball caps, but I dressed up for you guys today, so... Uh, I hope you appreciate it because I went out of my way. I shaved for you guys. My hair looks okay. Everything's good because we got a lot of important stuff to talk about today. I want to talk about kind of, first of all, what's our theme today? And I think if you're watching politics right now, if you're a conservative, you're probably angry. I know I'm angry. I'm I'm watching what's going on. I watch it on TV. I'm reading uh, blogs and all the news sites. Daily Wire is one of my favorites. Blaze, Newsmax. And when I watch, sometimes my blood boils. When I'm reading, sometimes I get angry. So if you're feeling that way, I know I feel that way too. A lot of us do. Also, I get frustrated because I watch this stuff and I feel like I've seen this show before, right? I see it over and over. I watch what's going on in congressional hearings and I get angry. And then I think, yeah, I've seen all this before and I don't feel like anything changes And I find that really frustrating. And then there's a temptation, I think, that comes out of being frustrated and being angry and feeling like you've seen this show before and it's happened over and over that you want to hunker down. You want to crawl into your mental bunker, your political bunker, and just say, you know what? I can't even pay attention to that stuff. None of it matters anymore. So you might be angry, you might be frustrated, and then you just kind of give up. And I'm going to tell you on the last thing, don't do that. Don't give up. Don't let your frustration or your anger cause you to give up. Because if you do, what you're doing is then you're letting them win. You're letting the people that are making you frustrated and the people that are making you angry and the people that want you to quit, you're letting them win. So should you be angry? Of course you should, because there's a lot of stuff going on that makes all of us angry when we watch politics. Should you be frustrated? Absolutely, because we're seeing this play out over and over again. And sometimes it seems like We don't make any progress or it's one step forward and two steps back or maybe 10 steps back. But should you quit? Should you go inactive? Should you go dormant? No, you should be active. You should be engaged. You should be in the fight. And the more angry you get, then the more frustrated you get, the more you should be active, the more you should be in the fight. That's without a doubt the most important thing, regardless of your level of frustration, your level of anger. Don't let your level of quit make you quit. You should be active without a doubt. Yes, you should be active. You should be active in Convention Estates. You can do that by going to conventionestates.com, signing the petition and getting engaged. You can do that by giving money. Absolutely, we need you to give money to help support our activities. You can do that by going to conventionofstates.com forward slash store and buying the gear, getting the hat on, getting the shirt on so people ask you what you're doing, what's that all about, how can they get active. But you have to be active because the country is at stake and this matters for you and it matters for your kids and your grandkids. And even if you don't have kids or grandkids, it matters for your friends and their kids and grandkids. It matters for posterity. And we're able to be here doing what we do. You're able to be doing what you do, earning a living, going to church, caring about the things you care about, being engaged in public discourse, because there were people before us who got active. You go all the way back prior to the American revolution. You think, People, the pilgrims actually got so active that they left their country. Then they left that country and went over an ocean and came to this land 
and essentially started this nation on Judeo-Christian principles. They got active. Instead of saying, we're so frustrated with how our religious expression is suppressed that we're not going to do anything, they actually did. They actually got engaged. They actually got involved. They actually did the things that they believed. They fought for the things that they believed. Some of them died for the things that they believe. And that tradition of not just being frustrated, not just being uh, angry, but being involved and being active is the American tradition. You can't give up on it. You can't give up on your beliefs. So I'm going to tell you, be angry, be frustrated, but don't be inactive. Don't crawl into the bunker. If you want to see somebody who is on the field of battle, somebody who is really active and somebody I'm really coming to admire and in large measure because of his rhetorical skills and his willingness to engage rhetorically and be in the fight, that's Senator Josh Hawley. And I would say the theme of some of today's clips is going to be Senator Hawley versus the world because he's been engaged in nomination battles, in uh, grilling people who are coming before the United States Senate, coming before uh, committees. And I'm, we're going to start today with video of Josh Hawley versus Merrick Garland regarding anti-Catholic, anti-religious bias at the FBI. So, Producer G, let that one roll, if you would. Attorney General Garland, let, let me just ask you, does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias? Our department um, is, uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have uh, any uh, bias against any religion of any kind. Well, you could have surprised me because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang style in the streets of our cities, including in my home state, I, your answer frankly surprises me. I'm, I'm saying what I just said which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think, in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States. You are in charge of the Justice Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. The so FBI. give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the Attorney General. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people. Yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? I'm saying the facts are not as you describe. What, that the children weren't there? That there, wasn't, that there weren't long guns there? That facts. there weren't agents? What, wasn't, what, what do you dispute? What's the factual premise you dispute? FBI Be specific. said they don't agree with your description of... Be um, specific. They don't agree with what? Of, of how many agents, of the agents who were there, and of what their roles were. They don't agree. Philadelphia District Attorney declines to prosecute. The private suit's dismissed. You use an unbelievable show of force with guns that I just note liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy to deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. Happy to. And then you haul them into court, and a jury acquits him in one hour. I just suggest yes, to you... you that that is a disgraceful performance by your Justice Department and a disgraceful use of resources. Okay, so maybe you saw that. Maybe you didn't see it prior to Battle Cry. I've seen it a bunch of times now. I watched it this morning before I recorded Battle Cry, before we were doing Battle Cry uh, this evening, and it's so frustrating 
It makes me so angry because this is an outrageous abuse by the FBI, by the DOJ of federal law enforcement power against average citizens actually doing good things. In other words, actually in citizens who are engaged in free speech expression. In this particular case, a father defending his son from attacks by pro-abortion activists on the sidewalk outside of an abortion clinic. Like, would you do that? If somebody was screaming obscenities at your 12-year-old son, screaming in your son's face, would you push them back away from your son? And the answer is, I already know the answer. I'm asking you the question, but I know the answer. The answer is yes, absolutely. Any good father would do that. And you would do it. And Merrick Garland would do it. And certainly Josh Hawley would do it. And yet this man who the local authorities refuse to prosecute for this, refuse to bring charges for this, he's charged by the FBI. You got the FBI and the DOJ get together and they go to this guy's house with 20 agents with long guns drawn with shields. It's a full SWAT style raid. And Merrick Garland, when he's asked about this, the attorney general of the United States, instead of refuting anything, he says, quote, the FBI refutes your facts or, or says the facts are different. He won't say anything specific. He won't say what he thinks. He is the Attorney General of the United States of America, the top law enforcement officer. He will not say what he thinks. He will not speak his own opinion. I don't know if he's watched the video. I don't know if he actually knows or doesn't know, but he's clearly and completely obfuscating here. And what you're witnessing is absolutely anti-Catholic, anti-Christian, anti-religious bias at the DOJ at a scale that we have never seen before in the United States of America. The DOJ and the FBI, law enforcement generally, has now been weaponized against religious expression in the United States of America. There's other videotape. You can go out and see it. Mike Lee does a great job. Uh, the, the attorney general knows that they have actually spies inside Catholic churches now, inside Catholic organizations now. The attorney general says this is really bad. He doesn't know how it happened. They're doing an investigation. It shouldn't be going on, but it is going on. It is going on, and it's going on under his watch. The federal government and federal law enforcement agencies are being weaponized against people who believe in traditional religious values, and it's outrageous, and it's offensive, and it has to stop. So does it make you angry? I hope it makes you angry. It makes me really angry. Does it make you frustrated? Makes me frustrated. You know why? Because I watch Josh Hawley and I watch Senator Mike Lee and I think they're doing a great job and they're saying the right things and they're asking the right questions and they're expressing the right outrage. Do I believe that anything, anything will change because of what they're doing? And my answer is no, especially in the United States Senate, which is now run by Democrats. I don't believe they're going to do a dang thing. Now, I think in the House, we have a chance of doing something. Will we do something? I don't know. I'm following, by the way, Chip Roy really closely in the House right now. He gave a great speech. We're not going to show it here, but he gave a great 15-minute speech on the floor of the House. And he's talking about how the members on his side of the aisle, the Republicans, are doing nothing. This is Chip Roy from Texas doing a great job, and he's calling them out. And he's saying, though, you're not stopping spending. You're not securing the border. You're not preventing child trafficking. You're not preventing fentanyl from coming in. You're not exercising the power of the purse. <clears throat> to stop all this stuff, and they could. So am I angry? Yeah. Am I frustrated? Watch Chip Roy's speech. He expresses my frustration accurately. Am I giving up? No, I'm not giving up. In fact, my anger and my frustration, no matter how intense they become, are channeled into the fight. The more intense my anger, the more intense my frustration, the harder I'm going to fight. 
the more I'm willing to sacrifice, the more I'm going to jump in and do everything I can do to save the country. And I'm one guy. I can't do it by myself. I'm not special. I'm not more important than you. I can't do more than you. I need you. We need you to be engaged in the fight. So I understand your anger. I understand your frustration. What you can't do is you can't get in your bunker and hide. And this is something that we've been talking about out in the field. I've been traveling around the country with Senator Rick Santorum, and and we have been talking about getting in the bunker. We're going to talk more about that later. But first, I want to show you something. I want to make you more frustrated. (laughs) I'm sorry about that, but we're going to do that. I want to show you Senator Josh Hawley versus the Biden nominee for archivist of the United States, Colleen Shogun. I want to say before we go to this clip, maybe you think that the archivist of the United States isn't important, but I want you to remember this person is essentially writing the history of the United States. They're going to archive all the documents that are going to make up the history. And if this person is biased against people like you and me, is biased against people of faith, is biased against particular candidates, is biased against a particular ideology, then this person is going to be in charge of creating, of storing a skewed history of the United States. And this person is absolutely, undeniably, unequivocally, I will say as a lawyer, lying under oath before the United States Senate. It's outrageous. If you want to see what lying under oath looks like, producer G, roll the tape. Do you stand by your comment that the religious right is part of the rise of anti-intellectualism in American politics? That, that article was written. It was about how Republican presidents use common sense terminology to effectively communicate with Americans. Yeah, in which you said that the religious right, the rise of the religious right is part of the rise of anti-intellectualism in American politics. I just point out that's the article in which you say uh, anti-intellectual, the title is anti-intellectualism in the modern presidency, Republican populism. Very nonpartisan. Um, Dr. Shogun, I'm going to ask you again, will you give to this committee your public posts on Twitter? Will you make them available to this My social media is in my personal capacity. Mr. Chairman, I have to tell you, this is the most extraordinary thing I have seen in my brief time in the Senate. I have never seen a witness blatantly lie under oath like Dr. Shogun has just done to this committee, stonewalled this committee, and just repeatedly refused to answer my questions about her own posts that are in public. For these reasons, I will oppose your nomination, and I strongly, strongly urge this committee to take action on this and force this witness uh, to, to own up to the fact that she is, she is misleading us right now before our eyes, Mr. Chairman. Oh, man, talk about frustrated and angry. Look, I don't love the United States Senate. I don't love the House of Representatives, but I do respect the institutions And the idea that when you go before those institutions, when you are testifying under oath, when you're asking the institution to confirm you for a job that you want, that you're under oath and you have an obligation to tell the truth. And this woman, Colleen Shogun, Dr. Colleen Shogun, absolutely, unequivocally, undeniably lied under oath. She said that she refused to give her tweets, which she made private prior to going under oath, she refused to show those to the committee. Now you see, Josh Hawley has a bunch of those tweets and a bunch of those tweets are outrageously biased. They are outrageously partisan. They show a hatred for the former president, Donald Trump. They show a hatred for people of faith. You heard what he was discussing, that she says the rise of the Christian faith, the rise of faith in America is the rise of anti-intellectualism. 
Is that the kind of a person that we want as the National Archivist of the United States? Again, I think that position is much more important than most people realize, but more importantly is she's lying under oath. She said, by the way, and, and you, we, we didn't get that in the clip, if you watch the full clip, she had said previously that all of her tweets were about things like her dogs, her travel, her what she likes to eat. They were all personal stuff. They were not part, partisan and they were not political. And of course, Senator Hawley is showing that's absolutely untrue. They were incredibly partisan, incredibly political, incredibly biased, and she is absolutely lying under oath. And you know what's going to happen because of that? Nothing. Nothing. She's going to get confirmed, and I'm infuriated and frustrated by that because the Senate obviously is a partisan body, and it shouldn't be in this regard. In other words, if you go before the Senate, you go before a committee in the Senate, and you are caught red-handed with both cookies and your or both hands and your entire face in the cookie jar, and you are you lie about it and you get caught, you should be immediately disqualified. In fact, refusing to answer questions like that as she is before that committee, they should hold her in contempt. There's actually a jail cell there in the Capitol, and she should be marched away to that jail cell and put in that jail cell until she agrees to answer the questions she's being asked by that committee. If you don't want to answer the questions that a committee is going to ask you, then you should actually just not be nominated. You should not be there. You should refuse to take the position. You should refuse to accept the nomination. Just don't go. I understand she doesn't want to answer these questions. They're humiliating and embarrassing. And in order to be confirmed, she has to lie about them. You can see she's refusing to answer his questions. That is outrageous. And it is an attack, not on Senator Hawley, not on Republicans. It's an attack on the institution. If we can't put people under oath and have them testify before Congress, how does Congress carry out its advising consent rule? How does Congress, Congress carry out its investigatory oversight rules? It cannot. And this is a major problem. And she should be charged with contempt. And she should be sitting in the jail cell in the basement of the Capitol right now until she's willing to testify truthfully and show those tweets and answer for those tweets to that committee. So am I angry? Yeah, I'm angry. Can you tell? I'm frustrated because I think it's bad for the institution. And frankly, I don't care whether it's a Republican witness or it's a Democrat witness, or I don't care what party they're part of. If you are willing to go before Congress and you're willing to raise your right hand and swear to tell the truth and understand that you're under oath, then you should be held accountable for that. If we don't do that, we damage the institution in a way that our country can't survive. And I think we're really on the brink of that. So should I quit? Mark Meckler is fighting every day to help call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States. Go to conventionofstates.com pod to become part of the solution as big as the problem. Should I give up? Should I go into my bunker and hide? And the answer for me is no, I'm going to go out and I'm going to fight. But when I'm out in the field and I've been talking to Senator Santorum about this, I've been talking to Rita Peters, who's in charge of all our legislative activities, our National Legislative Council. We've been talking about this, about people bunkering. And when I get into legislatures, I hear a lot of legislators and some citizens saying, you know, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust my legislator. I don't trust my legislature. I don't trust Congress. I don't trust the courts. I don't trust anybody. We can't do anything. We should, you know, stop, drop, and cover. If you remember that saying from the 50s and 60s, like during the height of the Cold War. In other words, get under your desk, get on your knees, put your hands over your head, stop, drop, and cover. Do nothing.
And that's just not acceptable to me. And what I mean by that is we've got to be in the fight. Stop, drop, and cover doesn't work. Giving up doesn't work. Being inactive doesn't work. Saying that we can't do anything, that we can't trust anybody, that the system's too broken, that there's too much fraud, and all of this stuff. Look, I understand the frustration and the anger, but we can't crawl into the bunker and hide. If you're going to do that, then you're giving up. Then you're not actually an activist. You're just a complainer right? You're just going to moan and complain about everything and, and point fingers at everybody and you're not going to do anything. You're not helpful. All you're doing is discouraging people if that's what you're doing. And I got to say, as I travel around the country, I'm hearing legislators say this. Legislators who are opposed to the Convention of States, they basically say, look, I don't trust any of my colleagues here in the House of Representatives or the Senate in my state. I heard a bunch of that in Montana. I heard a bunch of that in Wyoming. We hear some of that in Iowa right now. And my answer to you is then don't be engaged in politics. My answer to you is you're pathetic. My answer to you is you're a loser. I, and that sounds really harsh. And I apologize for being harsh. And yeah, for my anger and my frustration, be in the arena, be in the fight and be hopeful. I know it's hard to be hopeful when you're this frustrated and you're this angry. I get it. I struggle with it sometimes. I get down sometimes. I want to put my head down on my desk and cry sometimes when I see what's going on in this country. But the bottom line is, if you're going to give up, then you shouldn't be in the fight. Like, what's the point? You're taking the seat of somebody in a legislature. I'm speaking to legislators specifically now. You're taking the seat of somebody in a legislator who's a legislature who's actually willing to do something who actually still believes in the country, who actually still believes we can save the country. So if you've got the bunker mentality of politics, if you're practicing bunker politics, well, go home and get into your bunker and get out of politics. And for those of you who are like me, who are activists, who are in the field, don't give up. I understand the anger. I understand the frustration. I understand that it's hard to keep going when you see stuff like what we're seeing there and you think they're not going to do anything about that. They're not going to charge Colleen Shogan with contempt. They're not going to do anything to drive Merrick Garland from office. I actually think Merrick Garland should be impeached. They're not going to do that stuff. But that doesn't mean that we don't have an obligation to keep pressuring and to stay in the fight. Look, I'm a person of faith. And if you're a person of faith, I'm going to tell you, you then have an obligation to always have hope. Right? I never give up. And I do mean I never give up. I will give up when that first shovel of dirt lands on the top of my coffin. That's when I'll be giving up. That's when you can count on me to be giving up. But until then, I'm going to be in the fight. So you can't do bunker politics. It doesn't work. And to all the legislators that I hear out there that are, that are practicing bunker politics, go home. Give your seat to somebody who wants to be in the fight. If you're an activist and you're thinking of going into your bunker and hiding, don't. Come out, join us, be an activist, be in the fight, be in the grassroots army. This is the largest grassroots army in the United States of America. If you're part of Convention of States, you're part of that army, and that alone should give you reason to hope. Millions of people participating, millions of people in the game, tens of thousands likely there in your own state, probably some of your neighbors, maybe even people that you don't know. And so you need to meet them and get involved and get engaged. You can do that at conventionofstates.com. You know, when I'm out in the legislature and I'm in the field, <clears throat> this is some of the best and some of the worst of what I experience when I'm out there. The best is being with folks like you, being with grassroots activists, 
hearing the hope, seeing the fight in these people, watching them come through freezing cold temperatures like what we saw in Wyoming where it was minus 22, and yet showing up in the legislature to testify, to be in the fight, to support legislators doing the right thing. But then I also hear and see some of the worst stuff that I see in politics. Up close and personal, I see slanders against you, against me, against people like Mike Ferris and Mark Levin and Rick Santorum, people saying that all these people who have literally decades upon decades of time and fight in the trenches for conservative values, for fighting for life, for fighting for fiscal responsibility, for fighting for the Constitution, for fighting for integrity in government, I hear them get slandered by people who should know better, by people who call themselves conservatives by people like organizations like Eagle Forum or, or John Birch Society. I call them the JBS because, frankly, they're so full of it. And I hear all the slander and lies and stupidity and evil that they spew. And, yeah, I get frustrated and I get angry. And when I hear all this, when I hear the slander, the lies, the stupidity, the evil, I ask myself often, is it just ignorance are these people, or as Ronald Reagan said about his opponents, is it that they're ignorant or do they just know so much that isn't true? And I think in some cases it's the latter. They don't know, they're just ignorant. But I would say now, after nine and a half years of doing this with COS, mostly I'm going to say it's lies, stupidity, and evil. It's not just ignorance. Because so many of these people have been presented with the evidence, for example, that the 1787 wasn't a runaway convention. That's definitively, absolutely, completely, totally, unequivocally proven. The research has been done. The homework's been turned in. The test has been graded. And we know that the framers of the Constitution were men of honor and integrity who did not violate their oaths, who did what they came to do when they created a new Constitution and put it out for ratification, for approval and ratification by the states. And yet these people who are opponents of COS will still issue the slanders, the lies. That's evil. That's not ignorant. The information is out there. We have directly presented it to them. And I would say in most cases, they just literally don't look at it. They're not interested. And that at that point is stupid, is intentionally ignorant, is potentially evil, is absolutely dishonest. And so I think there are, there is lying and evil and dishonesty and stupidity going on out there at this point. And if I sound angry and I sound frustrated about it, well, maybe I'm like you because yeah, I'm angry and frustrated. So will that make me give up? Will I bunker because of that? And the answer is no. I will point out the fact that Eagle Forum is now in bed with Common Cause, Planned Parenthood, La Raza, Move on.org. And when I say in bed, what I want to mean, what I mean by that is strange bedfellows, right? They're saying the exact same things those organizations are saying. The JBS is in bed with move on.org and Daily Cause and La Raza and Planned Parenthood and Common Cause and George Source. They're saying the exact same things that those organizations are saying. So if you hear them say it, just ask them why are they in bed? Why are they saying the same thing as all of those organizations? And what they will say, if I say, does it bother you? They say, we don't care. And then I say, well, doesn't it make you think that you're in bed with Planned Parenthood? Doesn't that seem weird to you? And they say, it doesn't make me think. And my answer is, if it doesn't make you think, if you see that stuff, if you read that stuff, and by the way, you can read all about this on our website, an article by uh, David Horowitz, who is the 
premier researcher on the radical American left in America. And he's asking, why is Eagle Form? Why is JBS in bed with Planned Parenthood and MoveOn.org? If you, if you look that up, you can read about that. And what they say actually is, we don't care. Doesn't make me think. My response to that is, if it doesn't make you think, then you're not a thinking person. I want to repeat that. If you find yourself on the same side as La Raza and MoveOn.org and Planned Parenthood and Common Cause and George Soros and Hillary Clinton and Howard Dean and Russ Feingold, all these people that have spoken out against COS, if you're on that side and you call yourself a conservative and that doesn't make you think and question what you're doing, then you're not a thinking person. And there's really not much we can do with you because you actually don't think. And if you don't think, well, I'm going to say then you're pretty much the same as a radical leftist. And your behavior is the same as a radical leftist because you're not interested in debate and discussion and facts and argument. What you're interested in <coughs> is your feelings and your emotion uh, or you're lying, you're intentionally ignorant. And I apologize for being so direct and so harsh, but yeah, I'm frustrated and I'm angry, but I'm not bunkering down because I'm going to continue with what I'm doing and I'm going to go to war. We're going to continue to be at war against the people who act like that. And I don't care people, they're conservatives. No, they're not conservatives. If you're not willing to stand against the federal government's intrusion on the states, if you're not willing to get in convention, if you're too scared to stand against the federal government, if you're too scared to get into a convention and have a discussion where the only thing a convention do is make suggestions, well, then you're a coward. And if you're a coward, by definition, you're not a conservative. Because conservatives are not cowards. Right? And so that's where you sit in the hierarchy of political courage, you're at the bottom, you're a coward if you're not willing to get into convention. Look, there are a lot of people out there, the vast majority of people, they're not cowards, they're engaged, they're in the fight. Those who support convention states, we far outnumber the cowards, we far outnumber the ignorant in the legislatures. That's why we've passed in 19 states. That's why right now we're moving in a whole bunch of states around the country. That's why even in the states where we've ultimately lost this year, like Montana, we went further than ever before. Like New Hampshire, we went further than ever before. Like Wyoming, we went further than ever before. That's progress. And just because you don't get it across the finish line doesn't mean we don't count the progress as victories. We do. And so you need to know that even when, like in Wyoming, where we made it through the Senate committees, through the Senate, through the House committees, and then we failed on the House floor, that's progress. I count that as progress. I credit the grassroots. I credit the legislators who made that done and we'll just be back next session and we're going to get it done because we're not giving up and our opponents are small and they lack courage and they have a bunker mentality. And ultimately all you can do with that is lose and they're going to lose this particular fight. And if they're not careful, they're going to lose their states and their country because they're going to try and drag everybody else into the bunker with them. You know, people who are not in the bunker are people who go out and run for president. And whether you like the candidates who are running for president or not, doesn't matter who your candidate is, whether you think it's Trump, whether you think it's DeSantis who hasn't declared yet, and who knows if he'll declare, whether your person is Nikki Haley or the newest, Vivek Ramaswamy, these are people who are at least willing to be in the arena who are at least willing to be in the fight. And you got to give them credit for that. Our own Senator Rick Santorum ran for president twice, obviously was a senator. Here's a man who was in the arena. He knows what it takes to run for president. It's not easy. And in the last week, we had some big news because you had Vivek Ramaswamy come out. He's the guy that wrote Woke Inc. He's standing up against the woke in the United States of America as much as anybody else. 
And we're pretty surprised because he endorsed, and he's done it a couple of times now, Convention of States. Producer G, roll the tape. First is Article 5 Convention. I'd say do it. It's going to be good for the country. I don't know that that's something going to, what's going to come out of it. But I think that that is a space that allows us to have the conversation that I care about. What does it mean to be American today? We live in a 1776 moment today. This is not about red versus blue in the year 2023. This is about the 1776 question that unleashed this nation at places not too far from where we're sitting today 250 years ago. We're overdue for that conversation. And you want to have an Article 5 version of it? Well, you know what? That's internal to the Constitution. That's within the system and how it's supposed to work. I'd say have it. I'd like to be there. And let's actually have that debate in the open. Now, ask every other candidate the same thing. You have me on the record. I'd say yes, let's do it for the reason I said. I wonder what, uh, you know, whoever hears next, tell me what they say, and, and we'll force that debate on the stage. I think that's pretty cool. And not only did he say it, what I love about what, what Ramaswamy said there is he actually understood it. He understood the moment we're in. He understood why calling an Article 5 convention is so important now. We didn't know that was going to happen. That was not staged. We actually had, I think it was our state director, one of our activists actually asked him the question uh, from the audience, and that was his uncanned, unrehearsed response. You got to love that. And he said, ask the other candidates who come through. So I think this is really interesting, something developing here. Look, if Ron DeSantis runs, we know Ron DeSantis is already an endorser of Convention of States, right? So that would be two. And Nikki Haley actually got asked on the campaign trail about this by some of our activists, and she told our activists she absolutely was a supporter. So I don't think we have videotape of her saying that yet, but hopefully we'll get that. President Trump, what I can tell you, I spoke to President Trump personally. When I say spoke to him, I don't want to overstate. I spent about 90 seconds with him a few years ago. I mentioned it to him. He said he thought it was a good idea. We'll see what he's willing to say out on the campaign trail, if he'll actually speak in favor of it. But it looks like this is becoming an issue in the presidential election, whether people think the state should actually gather. And look, if you're a presidential candidate and you're not in support of this, that means you like consolidated power in Washington, D.C., and that's a really bad idea. And I wouldn't support anybody for president who says that they don't want an Article 5 convention, that they don't want to divest, divest Washington, D.C. of power, that they don't understand that the people need to rise up. But I, I just want you to know, as people who pay attention to convention, that this is rising up in the national narrative, I think because of Vivek Ramaswamy, because of Ron DeSantis, maybe because of Nikki Haley and President Trump, this is going to be an issue in the 2024 election. So this is your moment, if you're not engaged yet, to get engaged, get out of the bunker, make sure you're not going in the bunker and be engaged. Uh, next week in Convention of States, I'm going to be out on the road. Uh, I think I'm going to do a quick trip to Colorado to meet with some donors and supporters there. I think I'm going to be in Colorado Springs briefly. Uh, then I'm going to go to uh, North Carolina. In North Carolina, we've got a bunch of town halls going on be doing those town halls. Mike Ferris, I think, is going to participate in some of them, at least by video. Rick Santorum is going to participate in some of them. So we've got a lot going on in North Carolina. We have more sponsors than we've ever had on our legislation in North Carolina. And I think they set the record last year. So I think at last look, the number was 37 co-sponsors in the House. We've got it done in the House before. The question is, can we get it done in the Senate? I think we lost some of our opponents in the Senate in the election. Our folks out there work for a lot of great people. 
So I think we have a much better look in the Senate. The Senate is now a super majority. So the question is, we will get it done in the House. I'm pretty sure John Bell, majority leader, good friend of Convention Estates. We have a very strong grassroots team there. One of the reasons I love going to North Carolina so much. So North Carolina setting up looking good. Iowa looking really good. So proud of the Iowa team. Recently, I've been there. Rick Santorum's been there. Mike Ferris has been there. That leadership team is so strong. And so we've now moved through the House Committee, the Senate, uh, the House Subcommittee, the Senate Subcommittee, the House Committee. I think we're through the Senate Committee. We're moving to the floor is what's about to happen. And so we're now just whipping the vote, making sure we have the votes to make it happen. But I think Iowa looks incredibly good. So I think there's a lot of great stuff going on out in the state. So if you're frustrated and if you're angry, I get it. But take that frustration, take that anger and channel it into Convention of States so that you can be in the fight, so that you could be with us, so that you could actually be doing something with that stuff instead of just being frustrated and angry. All right, we've got a couple of questions in the Q&A. You know the Q&A are my favorite part. And so we're going to start with uh, Robert Sean, who asked the question, where does Nevada stand in this? Uh, Robert, Nevada is not on board yet. And Nevada is currently a blue state. The Democrats in the state largely against it. Uh, I would say the Republican state uh, in the state are divided against it. But again, in Nevada, part of the reason that Republicans are divided against us is you have the ignorant, the slanderous, the stupid who are opposed to it, who are quote unquote conservatives. They're not really conservatives because they actually, I would say, based on their actions, favor having the federal government in charge of Nevada. Nevada, by the way, has more of their land owned by the federal government than any other state in the nation. And they're never, and I just want to emphasize that, never, N-E-V-E-R, going to get that land back, which is their land and that should be in their control without a convention of states. So if you're in Nevada and you hear people standing against convention of states, ask them why they don't think Nevada should have its land back. Nevada should have its land back. Those who stand against that idea of getting into convention of states and passing an amendment to give the states their land back, especially the Western states where so much is owned by the federal government. If you're against that, well, then you are against what we are doing, not only, but you are against conservatism. You are against the idea of federalism, the idea that power should be divested from the federal government to the states. So if you hear people say that, then you should just push back hard against them, have your facts, go to conventionofstates.com, check out the resources page so that you know what you're talking about. Uh, Mark White from Hawaii asks, are there any updates on the upcoming convention simulation? Uh, the invites have gone out now, the hand-mailed invitations, hand-addressed invitations to legislators all over the country to get them to come to convention, that convention at end of July, beginning of August in Williamsburg. So the update is the invites are out, the RSVPs are starting to come in, and we'll keep you posted as that develops. We've been talking a lot about that internally on the staff. Uh, this one, by the way, not a grassroots event in the sense that, grass, sense that grassroots aren't going to come from all over the country. We only have so much room and we want to make sure the legislature, the legislators who are there are focused on doing their job at the simulated convention, not on uh, interacting with grassroots folks. So our staff will be there to make sure everything runs well. Very few regular grassroots folks from around the country are not national staff are going to be there. Not because we don't love you, not because we don't respect you, not because you're not primary, but because the purpose of this is to show an actual simulated convention. We will simulcast a whole bunch of it online, so you'll be able to watch it. We're going to recommend people do watch parties. We had a lot of people do that last time we had a simulated convention in 2016. So we'll organize watch parties all over the country. We'll have more to you about that as we get close to that. So 
Look, I'm going to close out where I started. I'm going to tell you to be engaged, be involved. Don't bunker down. Don't give up. If you're frustrated, if you're angry, that's totally normal. That's totally okay. I'm frustrated and angry too, but we're going to put that into action. Go to conventionofstates.com. Sign the petition first. That's the first thing you got to do. Once you sign the petition, click on the take action tab. When you do that, it's going to give you a whole list of things that you can volunteer to do or just be a volunteer if you don't know what you want to do. And then the state teams will contact you and they'll ask you to be involved. And last but not least, make sure you get your swag. The whole Convention of State store has been redesigned. It's really cool. I'm really proud of the team. Erin Muir, who heads up our store, was responsible for making all that happen. She did a great job. The store looks great. There's a bunch of new stuff on the store. Really cool new swag. There's a lot more coming. Conventionofstates.com forward slash store. And I'm hoping to see you if you're in North Carolina out in the field next week. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week on The Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. Thank you for listening.